just a heads up, everyone, these are adults having adult conversations, so there is the possibility of adult language. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Magic Lessons, a podcast produced by MaximumFun.org and Riverhead Books. I'm Elizabeth Gilbert, and I just wrote this book called Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. But even when I was finished with the book, I didn't feel like I was really finished with the subject. So I wanted to make this podcast where I could take the subject of creativity out into the world and have real conversations with real people about it. And that's where magic lessons come from. And what are magic lessons? Roadmaps for the path to creativity, the extra nudge we need when we're feeling stuck in our creative lives. Hey everyone, welcome to Magic Lessons. I'm Liz Gilbert. And today I'm calling Betsy Moore in Oregon. Hello, is that Betsy? Yep, this is Betsy. Hey Betsy, it's Liz Gilbert. How are you? Fine, thank you. I'm so glad to speak with you. Are you kidding? I'm so glad to speak with you. Oh dear, I, we'll see. Let's, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> We're going in there. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um, let's have a magic lesson. You up for it? I, I am up for it. Awesome. So tell us who you are. Like, Give us a little background about what's going on in your life creatively. Uh, creatively. Well, I find myself uh, at 55, and I have been teaching art at a high school for about 25, 26 years. I've been teaching for about 30 years. I've raised two children. I have adult children and two little grand treats. I don't, I don't even know. They're just amazing. They're amazing. So this whole Nana, this whole grandmother mm-hmm. thing is, is quite amazing to me. But it still sort of surprises me because look, here I am. So I've been teaching art and making art kind of on the side. But all of a sudden, it's just like I, I just, I, I'm sort of unraveling with this desire to do something else. And all of a sudden, I feel like I've lost the map. I Or I, my car is going the wrong direction. I can't figure out how to how to really attack what it is that I want to do. And, right. and I don't exactly know what it is I do want to do. It just, it's like not, like there aren't any words for it right now. Yeah. And is that a new feeling for you? Because have you felt up until now that you generally are in connection with your creative spirit mm. more? Or is this just a realization that's been dawning for a while? It is. It has been simmering on a back burner. It's It's been there all the time. But... I haven't allowed myself or I haven't had time to really pay attention to to it. Because, you know, when you raise your kids, oh, it's so fun, and, and we're doing projects, and then there were, you know, just, it's life. And then when I'm in the classroom, I just give it my all. I'm trying to make sure that everybody else has a, a wonderful art experience. And and so a lot of my attention and my, I think my physical and my emotional energy goes to everybody else. Right. And then I get home, or maybe even in the morning, I'll think when I get home after school, or maybe tonight I can, you know, pursue this idea, or I'll dream about something. And then the next day I think, oh, I've got to follow that up. But by then the threads, they're like these little filaments that have just brushed past and, and I didn't grab them. Yeah. And I'd like to figure out how to how to move, how to fill up my bucket of paint again. Ooh, let's, 
let's figure it out. <laughs> do, you have, like, do you have buckets of paint? Oh, my God. Well, I've, I've added water to the bucket. And you, now I can, I need to, you have know, buckets of paint, Betsy. Okay. You I didn't know if you do. just got one. <laughs> when you're born, this is, this is your allotment, your gallon. Oh, or man. Oh, I have so, so many. it out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, you've been, you've been stretching it out, and you've also been giving it out. Right. Um, And I think like part of the reason that I really wanted to specifically talk to you was because I felt like you really articulated and just now you've done it again. Something that I think is an essential and very specifically female dilemma of women's creativity. Um, And and that is that you are a nourisher. Right. Like you're a mother, you're a grandmother, you're a teacher. All of these roles that you're talking about are the essential sort of feminine roles of of giving, you know. Um, there's so many mythologies of women. There's like all these different sort of feminine archetypes, but one of them is 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 sort of the great mother, you know. Um, and that is in itself a creative role. It is arguably the first creative role, right? Like you create life and then you sustain life and and you create nourishment and you create safety and you create excitement in other people. And and you've been doing that it sounds like, for your whole life, you know? Um, yeah, I think so. And there's nothing, I mean, it, I don't even want to say there's nothing wrong with that because to say that there's nothing wrong with that implies that there's something wrong with that. Um, you know, there's that's generative, you know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. Mother Earth, that's, that's Gaia, you know? Like, that's a certain kind of energy that you have mastered and you've explored. It's interesting to me that all of this is happening when you're 55, yeah. you know, because 55 is an age in women's lives where motherhood passes, you know, um, and yeah, grandmotherhood is another kind of creative, generative life, but it's not the same. And you know, it's not the same because you don't have the same level of responsibility and they don't need as much from you mm-hmm. um, because I'm sure they have perfectly good parents because you raised them, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so this sense, perhaps, that you're getting to of, I've spent this energy. I've given, I've taught, I've nourished, I've wiped noses, I've wiped tears, I've raised people. Um, and now comes this amazing next part of your life where maybe not everybody needs that as much from you anymore. And maybe you have to turn more inward and do something else, um, something that's much more personal, much more intimate, and much more radical and dangerous in a way. And what I feel like I want to unlock, it's so funny because as you were writing, <laughs> as you were talking, I was writing down these these sort of stream of consciousness words. Can I read them to you? Sure. sure. Sexy, dirty, naughty, wicked. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are the words that I want to give you because they're the opposite of the creative words that you've been using for your entire life, which is like nourishment, generation, um, teaching, loving, sharing, giving, right? Um, Sexy, dirty, naughty, wicked are words of self-pleasure, right? Um, And they're words that that women don't often allow themselves to explore. And if they do, they get cast into all sorts of different roles. But what I'm talking about here is approaching your art from those words. What I'm talking about here is running away and having an affair with your creativity secretly behind everybody's back. I could do that. I liked that little noise you made. (laughs) I had never, when you said I'd never even, that never crossed my mind. Right. You know? Like. But the running away, I kind of, and then the affair, like. And here's the thing about having an affair. Okay, so having an affair is something that you do in secret 
in your real life, right? And that's why I want you to have an affair and not – running away is, is, is something you do when you decide that you're going to, sh- like, shave your head and marry somebody else and move to Nepal and all these really dramatic, radical, life-upturning things, which I'm not going to ask you to do because I don't think you want to do that. Like, you love – you love your life. You love your kids. You love your grandkids. You love what you've made. Um, but an affair is secret. <laughs> and the thing about an affair that is so sexy and so dirty and so nasty is that you do it in stolen time and you do it while you keep up the appearance of a completely respectable life, right? So you don't quit your job. You don't leave your husband. You don't leave your family behind. You just sneak away from them and lie and not tell anyone what you're doing. <laughs> oh, and this is great. It's exciting, yeah. right? Um, it is. It is because I was a little nervous to talk to you because I, I didn't want to – I don't want to stop my marriage. Yeah, but you don't have to. It's not as juicy as I'd like it to be. I don't want to quit my job. <laughs> I love my job. I love my students. Right. But you know what? It's kind of killing me right now. Right. So this <laughs> – I don't, why didn't I think of this? This is well. This is why I'm talking to you. <laughs> but, uh, but I hadn't really considered that because everything tends to be public. The thought of doing something that I don't have to—I don't have to start. I don't have to show it in a gallery. I don't have to Mm-mm. publish it. I don't have to write a blog about it. <sighs> it's know? not for anybody. It's your lover. You know what I mean? It's your secret French lover. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. And and the thing is too that I feel like I really want you for now and later. You can consider altering this over time. But at this moment in your life, when you're about to leap into this affair, what I want you to do is I want you to unlatch all ideas of monetization and pragmatism from it. Because you've done a really good job in your life marrying, like you've had good marriages, right? Like one of the marriages that you've had is the marriage of creativity and monetization through your teaching, where you've Mm -hmm. been able to be around art and be working with art and also making money from it. And that's great. This is something else. I want you to do the most wild, raunchy, insane, like whatever that means to you, dirty, nasty, wicked, secret. Because when you talk about losing your spark and losing your desire, you're talking about, you know, creativity and, and your sort of fundamental sexuality and your fundamental vitality are all sort of wrapped up in that. You know? Yeah, it's like a life energy that I'm trying to just keep bubbling a little. <laughs> yeah, and I think the way to do it is to hide it because you're so open and you're so generous and you're giving so much of yourself. Um, and and I always think, like, when people are having an affair, they always seem to find time for it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if they have a spouse and they have a job and they have responsibilities. Even if they have to sneak away for 15 minutes and, like, make out with that thing in the stairwell, they do. <laughs> you know, like, and that sneaking away is what makes it so sort of – delicious and and exciting you know people who are having affairs set their alarms to wake up at three o'clock in the morning so they can sneak outside to a payphone and make a a phone call in some thrilling sense of maybe they're going to get caught you know that's the energy that you have within you that you want and it wants you you know what I mean like when you said you're having dreams this is inspiration wanting to have an affair with you you know, like you are the object of desire as well. And um, and yeah. so I want you to give into that in, in whatever ways. Okay. And I know it sounds vague, but I can hear in your voice that I feel like you kind of get it. <laughs> I do kind of get it. And and um, I also am hearing that this is, it's about me. You know, because it doesn't make the people around me happy to see me 
in, I, I've been, you know, kind of blue about this. And I can't even put it in words. And it's like, you know, it's not like I'm qu- I don't want to quit my marriage. I don't want uh, any of those things. But I want something else. And I think the first thing is like, oh, wait, she's going to, you know, move to, you know, Utah or something. I don't know. And they're like, wow, she's going to talk to that eat, pray, love lady, and she's going to get divorced and move to Italy, and we're all going to lose her. But yeah, you don't have exactly. to. <laughs> exactly. No. And, you don't and, have to. And I don't to. know if it would be practical to No, do. it's not practical, and it's also not what you want. Everything else is not awful. And that's the other thing you know, that makes it even kind of worse, because you look around, it's like, things are pretty great. I wish you'd come over and have a sandwich with me and drink this cup. You'd be like, you have a great life. Yeah. So, and I love that so you know that. why am I not feeling like this is a great life? Because you're at this stage in your life where suddenly you can do this at a level you've never been able to do it before. And and you want to, like, you want to jump off that roof. You want to do it. And, and that, you know, any, I've said this a million times and I'm going to say it again, any talent that you have but do not use becomes a burden. It becomes a sorrow. It becomes a heaviness. And yeah. you want to use it. You want to play. You want to romp around. And mm-hmm. you also have to watch out for, like, there are certain portals in society at certain ages. There are certain signals that are sent to people that I want you to be very on guard against. And, you know, this whole, like, is this it? I'm 55. My life is over thing is is something that I want you to push back against very hard because it's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit because actually you have probably more freedom, more wealth, more mastery, more intelligence, and more enthusiasm right now than you've probably ever had in your life. Right. And it's, there's, there's a lot of strength in that too. So when I'm just standing in myself and on the ground, I can... I feel that. I like my muscles. I got. You're got not some muscles a novice. Those ideas. You're not a novice. Like you, when you and inspiration yeah. have your affair together, inspiration is going to discover that you are a very experienced lover. Because <laughs> you're not just beginning. You're yeah. not like a kid. You're not fumbling adolescent. You have been doing this for so mm-hmm. long. It's just that you want to do it more, and you want to do yeah. it differently, and you want to do it wildly. And um, and I want to give you a word. Um, to think about, and I want to, and I want you to do me a favor and sort of write an essay about what it would mean for you to, okay. to embody this word for a little while. Um, and it's a word that you are probably going to have a reflex against because it's sort of the opposite of everything that your generative, generous, nourishing spirit has always been. But I feel like it's what you want to tap into right now, and it's what you deserve. And that word is entitlement. Um, and it's a word that we kind of hate in our society right now. Um, but I want to reclaim it for there are certain women who I feel like really need to reclaim it. You have an entitlement to create the most exciting, wild, reckless, dirty, nasty, secret, creative life. And you are actually at a moment in your in your existence where you can. And so your assignments <laughs> your assignment is to write a little essay about your feelings about the word entitlement and what it would look like and what it would feel like for you to lay claim to it. Okay. Um, and then I want you to um, meet your lover in a motel room, um, and whatever that means to you, um, and sneak off and do this. And when I talk to you again, because I want to talk to you later in the summer, okay. I want you to tell me what it was like um, oh, and, okay. and begin there. <laughs> right. yeah. um, if this is something I've never even cons- I don't know. How did I not consider it? But I haven't considered this. You know? Yeah, because you've and been the secretness really of it. I feel like I have to tell everybody just what I'm doing and what am I playing. Yeah. And you know player. what? If I call you, I'm going to give you another piece of permission too. If I call you in a month or so and you're like, I don't even want to tell you what I'm doing, then I will be even more excited. <laughs> but it, but you can tell me sort of what it's feeling like. Um, but but um, but I'm happy for you to just say 
this is my secret French lover who I meet in this motel room once a week. <laughs> this is not for public consumption. This is mine. Um, and, and the side effect of that will be that, yeah, you'll be happier and less blue and the people in your life will be happier about that. But please don't do it for them. All right. Um, right. Please, please. You, right. you do enough. You've done enough. <laughs> You've done enough and you will continue to be doing enough. I want you to do this um, for you and for your secret French lover. All right. All right. Okay, so I've taken notes. I've got my I've got my assignment. Yeah, your magic okay. lesson. You my can, magic lesson. You can okay. do this, okay? Um, I want this for you. Know. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be exciting. Thank you. You know, I believe this. I wanted to. T- I guess I want to tell you that. Like, I believe this, and I also had this huge realization just now. My mom was an artist, and she just died at, uh, Valentine's Day a year ago, mm. which is a part of, I think of of my sorrow of and what have you. But it also was a part of me cutting all these other entanglements but she painted her whole life until she was 93 like the day you know every single day wow. she was a fabulous artist but when my dad died when she had been a caretaker she threw out all of her paints and she got she went to the store and bought all new paints and she changed her palette wow and she completely changed her outlook and it wasn't until just now talking to you that I'm realizing that's what she was modeling for me right. and I didn't even get it until just now talking to you but she was she was out with the old and in with the new, and she used vibrant, um, these geometric and prismatic and rambling, esoteric. I mean, they were amazing paintings. Wow. And she just went there. So no more little cabins in the woods. No more, you know, snowy hillsides. Huh. She just let it go. It's and amazing. I, I, it didn't even occur to me until just now talking to you. She sounds incredible. Also, I'm sorry for oh, your loss, incredible. and I'm sure that the fact that this happened just like a year ago has a lot to do with why you're feeling blue and closed, but she already showed you how to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she showed you how to do it. And what I love about her story is that she created before and after her husband's death. So she she didn't say this is only something I can do while my husband is living, or this is only something I can do while my husband is not living. It's something that she did with a continuity, but she recognized that it had to be different now. Um, and you're at that crossroads as well, where you're going to yeah. keep doing what you've always done. You're going to keep making art. It's just that it has to be different now. And I, I, was, I, I want to talk to a friend of mine about you, if that's okay, because part of the thing I, I want to do on the Magic Lessons podcast is is to reach out to friends who can bring a sort of other dimension to a conversation. So when I'm done talking to you, I'm going to call my friend Rhea Elias. She's a, a filmmaker, a musician, a an author, a hairdresser, and a real estate agent. She's had like more creative lives. She's exactly your age. She's had a very different path than you. But I want to sort of tap into her too about what it feels like to shift and change and dance around um, creative evolution through your life, if that's okay with you. So, um, okay. all right. Hey, gosh. Okay. Is there anything I can do for you? You just did. <laughs> you just made, you just made my day. And actually, I also have to say your mother just made my day because that story, the anecdote that you just shared about your mother is so exciting and inspiring for a woman of her generation to have laid, talk about entitlement, to have laid claim to her creativity for the entirety of her life is... Mm-hmm is yeah. what we're after and what we have to show and teach and live. Um, so God bless her and you. Thank um, you. All right, Betsy, I'm going to let you go because you have you have to go have an affair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes. <laughs> this is very exciting. My, what if people knew my... they'd be so scandalized? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
maybe we could just keep it quiet for right now. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it between <laughs> us. Um, I, I I won't tell anybody. I love that you're I love that you're going to do this. You're going to make beautiful, amazing, secret, dirty, nasty, wonderful, sexy things. I'm so excited. Um, go do it, and and we'll catch up later in the summer. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Betsy. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. Magic Lessons is produced by MaximumFun.org and Riverhead Books. Michelle Siegel is our producer. Our executive producer is Jesse Thorne. Our theme music is by Dave Cahill. Special thanks to Becky Salatin, Jeffrey Klosky, Michelle Kafopoulos, Lydia Hurt, and Paul Ruest of Argo Studios. If you want to learn more about my ideas on creative inspiration, check out my new book, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. It's published by Riverhead, and it comes out September 22nd, 2015. You can find out more information about my comings and goings on elizabethgilbert.com, and you can always find me, personally, on Facebook, because I'm there literally every single day. So let's keep the conversation going. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me next time on Magic Lessons. I'm going to be talking to author Rhea Elias about Betsy's situation and about creative living in general. And trust me, it's going to be great. I hope I'll see you there.